This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 8, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Former FBI Director James Comey has spoken to the Senate Intelligence Committee about what he and President Trump discussed before Comey was fired. And while the investigation of the larger Russia election tampering matter is far from over, Cato's Ilya Shapiro believes that Comey's testimony didn't raise too many new issues. Whatever side politically someone was on going into the hearing, uh, they remain there at the end. Uh, So uh, Trump's uh, supporters, the RNC, uh, are going to be spinning that Trump was vindicated. There's no evidence that came out of any wrongdoing. Uh, And uh, Comey is the leaker in chief. Uh, And and so uh, that's the narrative. If if you're against Trump, uh, then you say, well, Comey did say that he felt pressured about the Flynn probe. Uh, and Trump is acting erratically, and uh, Comey essentially called him a liar. Uh, So there's plenty of uh, red meat for both sides politically. Legally speaking, we really didn't learn anything. Um, That uh, is not a surprise. Uh, Certainly uh, in uh, open committee hearing, uh, Comey was not going to reveal any classified or sensitive information. Uh, We'll have to wait for the uh, denouement of the uh, uh, Bob Mueller special counsel investigation for anything along those lines. Um, I thought going in that we actually wouldn't learn anything new at all, and I was slightly wrong about that. Some of the details of Loretta Lynch's involvement uh, in the uh, Hillary Clinton investigation, some of that was new, although some of it was published by the New York Times already. Um, the, the fact that Comey himself orchestrated the leak of his memo about the uh, Oval Office meeting regarding Mike Flynn, uh, that was uh, certainly new. Um, and the fact that Comey understood uh, Trump's uh, reference to, uh, I hope that you can make this go away, as an instruction uh, rather than just kind of some aspirational thing. That's new. But at the same time, if he understood it as an instruction, why did he just write a memo to file and then not do anything rather than either resign uh, or refer uh, this apparent obstruction of justice to the U.S. attorney? So anyway, these things are all... Uh, going to be left to uh, to Bob Mueller to find out. So if uh, Mr. Comey understood the president's hope, his aspiration, uh, that he let the Flynn thing go, the investigation into former National Security Advisor uh, Michael Flynn, uh, is there any other way to interpret that besides it it is an instruction, and does is Comey's opinion that it was an instruction, is that going to be dispositive if this is to go to uh, the next level of uh, adjudication? Well, perhaps not surprisingly, the law isn't clear. There's not a bright line of what uh, constitutes obstruction of justice versus not. Uh, Adam Liptak, the New York Times Supreme Court reporter, very quickly after that moment uh, located and posted on Twitter an Eighth Circuit opinion uh, where someone saying, I hope you will do something, was taken as, was accepted as evidence of obstruction of justice. It doesn't necessarily mean that every time somebody says, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, I hope you can make this go away, that it's criminally bad. Uh, and indeed, if uh, Comey took it to be criminally bad, meaning uh, pressure or an instruction uh, not to do something, then why didn't he resign or why didn't he uh, refer it to uh, an investigator, whether within the FBI or uh, a U.S. attorney or, or, or someone else? Uh, his explanation in his written remarks that we saw yesterday was that, well, uh, Jeff Sessions, uh, we thought that he would recuse and he did uh, two weeks later uh, and there wasn't a deputy 
deputy attorney general at the time confirmed. There was an acting one who was a U.S. attorney himself who, you know, anyway, at the end of the day, uh, Comey decided to keep this close to the vest. Well, if you're sitting on this obstruction of justice, that's not the sort of thing, you know, legally speaking, he has an obligation to to take to, to, to not keep it close to his vest. So either he incriminated himself when he was incriminating the president, or it wasn't really an instruction. There's some third category between something that's just kind of aspirational with, with no uh, intent uh, and something that's criminal, some third category of, well, this is just uh, Trumpian signaling, as has been uh, called uh, in other circumstances. The questioning from some of the senators, I'm thinking specifically of Kamala Harris here of uh, California, seemed to be getting at the idea that there uh, ought to be more scrutiny paid to uh, Jeff Sessions' role here. What do you think of that? Uh, Well, I'm sure he'll be interviewed by Bob Mueller. Uh, I'm not sure uh, uh, what role Jeff Sessions uh, actually played. I don't think his name came up that much uh, in the hearing, certainly uh, not by Comey. He didn't, uh, and, and in his written uh, uh, remarks, uh, Jeff Sessions did not play a leading uh, role. And indeed, in that infamous meeting in the Oval uh, with Trump uh, and Comey, he specifically asked Sessions to leave. So uh, sure, I'm sure Bob Mueller uh, should uh, uh, look into Sessions' role, but it doesn't look like, based on what we've heard in public yet, um, that uh, that Sessions has played a role uh, in this particular instance. If there's something that Sessions did, you know, earlier during the transition during the campaign, that's a separate matter. But at least with respect to anything the FBI was doing, uh, Mike Flynn or, or otherwise, uh, we we don't see anything yet. What do we know uh, today about the role of the attorney general, about the structure of the Department of Justice, and of course the uh, head of the FBI, uh, as they? Uh, perform their roles somewhat differently than, say, the Secretary of Education? Well, I think the number one thing we've learned is what Paul Ryan uh, also said today in trying to defend the president, that he's sort of, uh, he's new at government, he's learning on the job. This is not uh, the way that an administration normally operates. Uh, Specifically with the Department of Justice, um, I'm not sure if there's anything that abnormal that, that has come out other than that uh, this is uh, it's a problem if uh, senior appointees aren't confirmed in time, uh, regardless of who's at fault for that, whether the nominations came late or the Senate is being obstructionist or whatever the case might be. But uh, in these sensitive departments, what I like to say are the constitutional departments, uh, justice, treasury, uh, state and defense, it's just uh, so important that the uh, the, the, the line, uh, the chain of command uh, be fully set uh, rather than relying on uh, either civil servants uh, in an acting capacity uh, or otherwise uh, people that uh, senior leadership in, in, uh, up to and including the FBI director uh, can't fully trust. No, I guess what I meant was uh, in the modern era as uh, statute dictates are to what extent are the director of the FBI and the attorney general, uh, as they have official constitutional functions, to what extent are they really not accountable to the president? Oh, well, I mean, we, we are 
I, I agree with the idea of a unitary executive. Uh, that doesn't mean that the uh, some people think that that means that uh, the executive has a lot of power that can't be checked. Well, no, you know, you could have very little power, but it's all unitary, meaning that uh, the president uh, can uh, uh, remove people. And indeed, Comey fully accepted that the FBI director uh, can be removed for uh, for any reason or no reason at all. Uh, and it's a political judgment, ultimately, of the uh, American people about whether they uh, accept uh, what the president has done or, or, or approve of it. Um, but uh, we, we do see uh, some of the problems uh, of going outside of the chain of command. So typically, the FBI is independent. It's not completely independent. It's not some fourth or fifth or sixth branch of government. Uh, but the president typically doesn't instruct the FBI. It goes through the attorney general. Uh, and indeed, typically, it's the attorney general that, that makes the, uh, the, the, the fires the FBI director, not the president uh, uh, directly. So uh, again, uh, I, I think this shows that even if you accept uh, uh, a unitary executive, that the president, that the executive branch speaks with one voice at the direction uh, of the president, and that the buck ultimately stops uh, in the Oval Office with anything that's done there, um, uh, that all can get uh, bollocked up, as the Brits would say, uh, if you go outside the normal chain of command. Ilya Shapiro is editor of the Cato Institute's Supreme Court Review. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.